Hello, my name is Taylor Clement, and I am the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey. I'm the school counselor at Kirk Day School. As we enter into the holiday season, we at KDS want to adhere to our mission in assisting Christian parents in the nurture of covenant children. The holiday season is the most difficult time of year to do this, so how can we collectively begin to look at the holiday season differently than in years past? Over the past few weeks, we've discussed Thanksgiving, we've discussed things like time management, we've even discussed Advent and what the purpose of that is, and our hope is really to holiday better this year. And today, we are primarily focusing on the act of worship at Christmas. So, Maria, that's where we're going to start today, and um, we, we talked about this briefly just to kind of prepare for our conversation today. Um, but why do you think it's really hard to worship at Christmas? Because that's kind of the point. It is the point. Yeah, that's, I mean, not to be cliche, but that's the reason for the season, right, is, is Christ's coming. Um, I mean, I think, so yes, I think culture, obviously, like we've talked about before, has a role in distracting us uh, from the worship of Christmas. I also think logistically, it's just hard to do. Well, yeah, it's hard to do. I it's mean, the hardest part, it's the hardest thing to do all year is yeah. to, to organize your schedule for December. Yes, yes. So I think between holiday parties and between kids being in this um, mode of whether or not being motivated to, to kind of get out and do things or just, you know, being ready for a break, I think it can be really difficult for families to stop and pause and say, we're going to make it a priority to go to uh, church on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, and, and not that that's the only way, that you, that's not the only way you can worship, cr- uh, uh, you know, on Christmas. Right. Um, there are multiple ways that you can pause and, and take in the Christmas holiday. But logistically, I think it, it's just it's just difficult. So I had a head of school email me today and said, uh, dude, I know you said, a head of school using the dude term, which I <laughs> sure. am, am rather affectionate of. He said, I thought you said October was bad. He's <laughs> like, December's crazy. And I said, no, October's emotional. And it is, and, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's for another mm-hmm. time and place. October's a very emotional month. December's just crazy. And I feel like it's it's you're finishing a workout and, and going into worship, worship, you're supposed to have your breath, right? If you finish a workout, you're, you're heaving, you're... You know, some yeah. of us may be doing more than just, yeah. you know, breathing deeply. But the idea is, is it's kind of like you've got to gain control real quick. Yeah. And, I mean, at home, you know, both my kids have a little advent calendar from Trader Joe's for, what, $1.99, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a there's a pro tip, parents. But we're forgetting almost every day to do the chocolate. Our kids are like, hey, <laughs> it's, it's time to get our piece of chocolate. And, and it reminds us to do the advent calendar. Yeah. But... It's a it's a seismic shift because we're go go go. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I think the uh, expectation around the holidays also makes it a challenge to worship. And I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, you know, my parents are divorced. I have a brother and a sister who are both married now. We've been talking about the holidays since September. Right. You know, and trying to figure out schedules and trying to figure out where we're going to be and when. By the time Christmas comes around, I'm almost tired of Christmas. It's almost like, gosh, this is just another day where I have to figure out everybody else's expectations and do my best to avoid 
totally blowing those up out of the water, you know, and, and disappointing everybody around well, by me. the time Christmas comes around, we're all exhausted. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then family comes into town. Exactly. And that's or, a or you great go to time. visit family, right? Yes. So not only are you already emotionally on edge, but then what does family typically do? And and fam- we go back to our either nuclear family that mm-hmm. we grew up in or we're we're experiencing a new family and we're we're not completely familiar with the, the rules, traditions or there's some oddities there that our kids aren't used to. I mean, you think of a sleep schedule for an infant, Definitely. or you think of cousins that Definitely. maybe don't get along. It, it, it does have a recipe of disaster, but our goal, again, is to worship. So um, two years ago, my wife was, was nine months pregnant with Betsy, and it was Christmas Day, and so Christmas, or rather Christmas Eve, we go to the Christmas Eve service here at the Kirk, um, take Anderson with us, Christmas morning, we get up, hey, it's Christmas, and we do presents. Then we get up and go to church, and we come home, and quite frankly, it felt like church got in the way of Christmasing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and using that as a verb there, but Christmasing. And it's a lie, but why did it feel that way? Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that I struggle with, because my own heart says, man, I remember there was a Christmas as a kid where we had to get up and go to church, and I was like, this is pointless. And in fact, like, that's so oxymoronic. That's so totally. untheological. I don't believe this. But my body, man, and I would yeah. say if we're going to go a little theological here, my Reformed nature, um, or at least my sinful nature in Reformed theology would say, yeah, it is pointless. Yeah. But the reality is everything points to this moment. Totally. And that we need to pause and reflect, and that takes discipline. So yeah. how would you? Yeah. I mean, I think, again, given the way that our culture can celebrate Christmas, Christmas, it is very easy for us to miss the significance, the theological significance of Christmas, of what the fact that Christmas is basically God proving himself and everything that he has said leading up to here. This is kind of God's, this is his big chance where we can really validate what he has said he, he is. Um, because he did what he said he was going to do. Right, and it's the first time, I mean, if, biblically speaking, it is the first time since Abraham and Sarah mm-hmm. that, that Scripture said, and I know there's some debate there with theologians, but it's the first time that God's come to earth Yes. since yes. then. Yes. Not, not in a burning bush, not yeah. in some other way, but in a human form. And again, let's say there's some debate, but, but it wasn't in the form of Jesus Christ, Yes. right? And so this is, is we, we said right. last time, the hopes and fears of all the years yeah. are met in thee tonight, yeah. uh, quoting that. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah. it is the pinnacle, it is the climax, it is everything that, that the faith and Scripture is pointing to. It is this moment. Yeah. And I think part of you know what has happened, and I've experienced this in my own walk with the Lord, is that we kind of jump to Christmas without understanding the first half of the story. Um, we, we, miss the, we miss the creation in the fall and we just jump to when Jesus okay great Jesus is here right and we miss the fact that like Jesus wasn't some great guy that had some really great wisdom that came to earth to share that it's like he is the he is the essence he is he is God and 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 that has come down to us and no other world religion has done that uh, nothing in history has ever come 
to its own created people in the same way that Christ came to us. And not only that, but he's lowering himself to us. Um, We are not higher than God. And so God is lowering himself to us to come to us. And I think when we miss that, it's really easy to say, why are we celebrating the birth of this? I mean, it just feels like any other birth, you know, that we celebrate. Well, Christmas has turned more into a season than it is a holiday. Yeah, definitely. Um, We don't necessarily do that with Easter. Yeah. We don't really do it with Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We don't do it really with the 4th of July. Maybe we celebrate Mm -hmm. summer, and 4th Mm -hmm. of July is a pinnacle of that. But I feel like with Christmas, um, it just, it, our focus has changed. So let me, let me read a quote actually from, from Charles Dickens, and this is a Christmas carol. Um, it's, it's a good one, so, so listen carefully. I've always thought of Christmas time when it has come round as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable time. The only time I know of in the long calendar year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as if they were really fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. In a sense, hey, it's the only time of year that people actually care about other people. Yeah. Right? Which, like we've talked about before, is one of the really great things that we can pull out about our culture in our culture celebration of Christmas. And I think sometimes where we get stuck as Christians and as parents is that we then don't take it a step further. Yes, love that this is a time of year where we focus on giving and we, we focus on giving to those less fortunate than us, where we're thankful for the things that we have. But ultimately, there is more to Christmas than just that. It is much, it is much more about just giving what, what we have um, or what we're able to give to others. It's about the fact that Christ has come to give us salvation, which is ultimately what we need more than any other gift in the world. So Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible and, and uh, several other books, but that one being the, the most prominent, and defines it as a rescue mission. Yes. She starts it at the very beginning with a rescue mission. She ends it with yeah. the rescue mission being completed. And I think a lot of times we, we don't see it as that. We don't mm-hmm. see the seriousness of it. Um, and I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that, that we did need to be rescued. And so one of the things that we talk about with the sixth graders when we go through our um, we do an Advent devotional series with them. As we start with Egypt, we start with mm-hmm. the fact that the children of Israel were enslaved and they were in need of a Savior. God does that through the plagues and Passover eventually. Then we, move, we jump forward to Samuel and, and Saul and the fact that they reject God as the earthly king mm-hmm. and that, that they're, they're desiring for an earthly king. And God says, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to give it to you, but that's not who you want. Yeah. Then he gives them David, and it is out of David's line that, that he comes, and that Christ comes, and he is not only verified through his lineage, but he is verified because he is God's son, and he's not the son of man. And yeah. so it's it's a it's a great thing, and I say that, you know, if you you look, scientists say that humans are the only creatures that are defenseless when we're born, mm-hmm. and so and going with that mindset of, of thinking about how defenseless an infant is, how much more defenseless are we to our sin? And that Christ yeah. comes and rescues us from that. Yeah. And it's something that, that I think with the busyness, at least of our season, we don't want to stop and worship and, and, and pay gratitude or pay homage even to the fact of truly worshiping the one true God who loves us beyond our capacity, who knows us beyond our capacity, and has come to us 
as a servant, right? Sure. Scripture says he humbled himself and came to us as a servant. And yet, it's tough to stop. And if we think about it, Christmas is probably the last time of year where we want to be told that we're sinners, right? I mean, Chris, the Christmas holiday season is a very joyous, happy, and, 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 and it's right, it should be. Um, but part of what can be taken when we just focus on that is the need for Jesus to come. And, and thank God he did come right. because without him entering into our world and choosing to save us from our sins, I mean, we're, we would be nowhere, right? We would still be dead in our transgressions. Um, and, and he came and saved us from that. And so, and that's a, you know, that is a challenge to bring all of that together, especially to communicate that to a five-year-old or an eight-year-old <laughs> right. or... Right. I mean, it's even hard for me to articulate. But I think focusing on those elements enhances our worship of Christmas. So two questions that that I want to walk through real quick is who are you worshiping and what are you worshiping? I think those are often things at Christmas that that we struggle with. Yeah. Um, I think as parents, we struggle about worshiping our children, frankly, and the experience that they have. And then I think as far as what are we worshiping, I I worship what I'm going to get other people, Mm -hmm. and I also worship what I want. Mm -hmm. The reality is is I don't leave a lot of bandwidth for the Lord. And we we said last podcast, compared to Santa, especially for kids, Jesus is boring. Totally. Um, And and that's such a, I know that's such a polarizing statement. That's not for, you know, some type of um, just you know, flash in the pan so that, that we can get your attention. But the reality is, is to a child, you know, yeah. y- you've got you've got a Jewish carpenter who tells you to do right, and then you've got a man who is in a bright red suit that brings you presents yeah. in the middle of the night. Um, and he flies. Right, and breaks into your house yeah. um, unlawfully. <laughs> but, you know, um, totally kidding. My, my daughter's terrified of Santa right now. Uh, her brother's trying to convince her otherwise. But... In this, who are you worshiping and what are you worshiping? Yeah. You know, there's there's several theologians, and, and I can quote several, but I'm just going to throw them into the same hat. You know, that say we're created to worship, and if it's not the Lord, we're going to worship something else. Definitely. And I think Christmas, we find ourselves more more polarizing than ever in this. So what do we do with this? Um, and, and I would say the first thing is, who are you worshiping? Mm-hmm. And, and let's, let's talk about that question for a minute. What do you see students struggle with and the, the who they worship at this time of year? And then what have you just seen kind of throughout your life of who people worship during this time? Yeah, I think for kids, I mean, and I'm guilty of, and this is not a bad question, but just even contributing to this, when we talk about Christmas, usually the first question out of an adult's mouth is, well, what's on your Christmas list? Um, you know, what toys do you have? Not a bad question to ask. But again, I think... As I've asked that question, I've had to take count of my initial response when I think about Christmas is the gifts. And I love gifts. And that is my love language, to give gifts, to receive gifts. Um, So I may be a little on the extreme side there. But yes, I think asking yourself, when you think of Christmas, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Is it the gifts? Is it the stress? Is it the how am I going to manage all of this? I think that can be very indicative of what, of where our heart is focused. Um, and I know from, from myself and what I have seen, I think 
as I've watched those around me even become more become adults and be you know have families is how are we going to manage all of this family time I think that can be a huge area for parents um, to, to get stuck on is how are we going to manage this well and, and you and I had talked before about family roles and, and the differences that, that um, children take on as mm-hmm. they grow up in a family and then as an adult they, they get to something else and it's, it's you know, plays out family dynamics all the time but some worship the memory of Christmas, some yeah. worship what they, they, they hope to see as a good Christmas. Yes, exactly. Um, but I'd say primarily one of the things that, that we would see is, is this idea that, you know, we worship our, our family being mm-hmm. together and that we're going to have some idyllic Christmas, mm-hmm. like, you know, there, there would be a Norman Rockwell painting, yeah. right? Yeah. The reality is a Norman Rockwell painting was great because that's what everybody hoped something would be, exactly. not because of what it actually was. Yeah, and if we build something up and put the pressure on something like family time to be the pinnacle to be perfect we can't hold up to that it's not meant to hold up to that it's not created to hold up to this level of perfection right that that is reserved for for Christ um and so I think it's a it's it's it is a balancing act and and I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer at all but we have to have the, the perspective that our family is going to be our family. Um, our kids are going to be kids. And so don't put the weight of your hope and, um, I mean, you know, the idol of this being the perfect Christmas on something that can't hold that ground. Does that make sense? Like it yeah. can't hold the weight of what you want it to be because it's not intended to. So something you and I talked about uh, recently was the fact that if you think about like what, what at least for, for our ideals, and like for me particularly, this is me, the best part of Christmas Eve and Christmas morning is the fact that it is usually peaceful and yeah. usually slow. Yes, amen. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the only time of the year that the world truly stops. Yeah. I'm not worried about getting a work email. Parents don't get any ideas. Yep. But I'm not <laughs> worried about getting a work email. There's no expectation for me yeah. to respond. There's no expectation for us to get up and get dressed and go somewhere, um, unless it's on Sunday, like sure. we mentioned. Yeah. But there, there's just not that expectation. Yeah. And and it and you know what's interesting is is when a newborn is present, as you're getting ready to have. Yeah. Things are quiet. Yeah. There are less expectations on parents. There's less expectations on families. There's no expectation on the child. Um, There's some healthy fear, and I think that's okay. But we're totally talking about a time that is meant to be peaceful and slow. That's why we sing Silent Night. That's why we we don't necessarily run to Trans-Siberian Orchestra on Christmas Eve uh, to to listen to them. We want things to slow down, and we sing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, or Come, O Come, Emmanuel. These are songs that remind us of the solemnness and sovereignty of who God is and when he's coming to us. But it often we it still feels at odds with that. So, And I think part of it's always going to. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. I think there's always going to be that tension. And so to some degree, I think we just have to embrace that it is going to be hard for us to settle and not go out. 
or not not try and do this or try and do that and just be calm and thankfully man i feel like yeah when starbucks isn't open that is an indication to me that it is really time to slow down <laughs> yeah, and we'll stop see. right um and and so it is really hard to embrace that um for families i totally understand that and i think again that's where we can model and ask ourselves what kind of christmas do we want our kids to remember when they're adults what right. do we want their memory of christmas to be uh, and in a time where you can slow down and real and that I think will allow room for worship yeah and conversation so with that if we're, if we're going off the fact of hey you know my son's four what do I want him to remember about this Christmas if, if he's got that memory yeah about this Christmas what do I want him to, to remember and that's I think that's a tough thing because you know, as you said earlier, Christmas is, is really the beginning of a validation process for God. He's proving his character. He's, he's, he's making faithful and promises to his people better than what they anticipated, yeah. which is so so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But let's be real. Most of us go to a Christmas story and say, hey, it's Red Rider BB gun with the 200-shot range monitor air rifle yeah. and the compass and the stock in this thing, which solves time, not that I've seen the movie. But we, we go to that. So... How then, if we're going to slow down, if we're going to say, all right, this Christmas we're going to slow down. Oh, no. What do we do? We, do we, do? we, we miss the Christmas Eve service. There isn't a service on Christmas morning. You know, yeah. where would you say that we go with that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question and something that obviously could change depending on the age of your kids. But I think one thing to remember, like we kind of talked about last, last time, is kids do love a great story. And this is an amazing story. Uh, the the whole the whole story from creation to, to Jesus's birth is an unbelievable story. And in my opinion, the Jesus Storybook Bible does a great job yeah. of of doing that. And even the pictures, I think, from you know age five all the way up to, to older kids, are enjoyable. And so it may be as simple as pulling out that that story and reading it. And again. You don't have to have an hour-long conversation for it to be meaningful. Right. You can have a 15- or 20-minute conversation and let that be powerful. And, you know, I think one of the things that we've talked about before, too, is I love Christmas movies. And I'm trying to pace myself, you know, yeah. as I'm, I'm watching them. How many times have you watched A Christmas Prince? <laughs> Not, I thought you were going to say A Christmas Story. Hallmark movies are a little hard for me to get into. Fair. Um, I have so, not seen that movie. I'm yeah, proud to say. Yeah, holiday engagement. I think I've seen a few times, but the Hallmark movies are a little harder. Right, now I'll start to shame you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think even taking a movie that your kids are watching and pulling out, guys, what is good about the message of Christmas in this movie? What is maybe confusing about this? Those questions that we we've, right. we've talked about before. Right. And again. That doesn't dis- that doesn't distract you from your traditions. That adds a new one, and I think it's a very easy yet simple way to point our kids towards Christ. And again, to to start that foundation that everything, whether it be a movie or a song, can point us to Christ. So one one thing I would add, I would add is is looking at a few other biblical pieces that that we typically I think glaze over right so why do we put up lights at Christmas well Jesus is the light of the world John 1 you you go to that you know in the beginning was the word and the word was with God but as we as you go further into chapter 1 and and thus of course you get into chapter 3 where there's a famous verse in there around verse 16 
but you get into chapter one, it's this it's explicit about Jesus being the light of the world, coming into a dark place. And then the other side, and and you know, if we're recommending Jesus Storybook Bible, I also want to recommend Andrew Peterson, Behold mm-hmm. the Lamb of God. I've mm-hmm. mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. But uh, we use it every year with our sixth graders because there's a great song called Matthew's Begats, and it starts at the beginning of Matthew 1, and it goes all the way through Jesus' lineage as far as showing him from Abraham to David and then to Joseph and Mary. And this birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, why it happened uh, the way it did, and that it was the answer to a prophecy. But I think sitting down and, and being able to have maybe a moment, even if it's in the car, yep. of doing that, um, coming home from a Christmas Eve service or, or just finding a quiet moment. Um, one of the things I do remember specifically was my next door neighbors growing up were the Beasleys. And they had three boys and Stephen and Timothy were, were both in my wedding. And it was a Christmas Eve, we were in high school. I went over to their house one night and we were just trying to play PlayStation. And, uh, and you know, be high school boys. And the dad stopped and said, we're going to be reading the Christmas story tonight. And Taylor, you can stay or you can go home. <laughs> so I stayed because we were going to stay up a lot later yeah. and, you know, yeah. play around and whatever. And we were actually of driving age at that time. But, you know, yeah. this is the only family that, that I would be yeah. allowed to be with on Christmas Definitely. Eve. And Mr. Beasley opened the family Bible and read from Luke 2. Now, honestly, I did not want to stop. I wanted to get right back on the yeah. PlayStation and mess around and, and do everything else that we were doing. They had a ping pong table, and so we are you know, we were having a really fun time. And yet the Bible story had to interrupt it, mm-hmm. right? The reality is, is I don't remember what game we were playing. Yeah. I do remember the fact that Mr. Beasley paused and opened up that scripture. Exactly. And that was hard. It was hard for me to settle down. It was hard for me to pay attention. It was hard for me to be serious in the moment. But yet I remember it. Yeah. Right? And I think we can expect, especially at that age, but even, I mean, younger, our kids probably are going to grumble. And oh, that's okay. gosh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, that I'm does, embarrassed about my heart yeah. in that moment when somebody was trying to truthfully do that for me. Yeah. I, and I appreciate it, but yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, at times, I mean, we all grumble, right, with going to church or right, right. stopping to, to be... Um, to, to reflect on what we're what we're hearing in church and so that's normal yeah and and I don't think it can distract parents and I think it can make parents feel like you know they're sucking the fun out of Christmas it's not true um, and I think that's just a lie that we really have to resist well it's interesting believing. you say that because you know if you watch Christmas vacation <laughs> right classic you know they sit yeah. down they sit down on Christmas Eve to read was the night before Christmas, which is, you know, so be it. It's it's a classic Christmas uh, poem, but there there's a seriousness, there's a nostalgia to it. But if we sit there and, and pull out Scripture and, you know, what if you're a family that, that doesn't read Scripture together often mm-hmm. and mom or dad tries to do that and the kids the kids will sniff that out. Totally. They'll say, hey, this, is, this isn't this is normal. Yeah. yeah, this is weird. Yeah. Why are you doing that? And they may, they may make some statements. If you're a parent, how do you respond to that? I mean, I'd say, yeah, it is weird. I mean, I, I totally understand their experience. Yeah, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. And then I'd say we're doing this because this is something that we believe in. Um, and this is something that I that is important for our family moving forward. 
And I think it's it would be a really great conversation to have about maybe why the scripture why scripture isn't as much of a part of a family as you know it could be, um, mm. and and even having that conversation with your spouse too, and seeing okay, are there other ways that we can do this? It's never too late to to put that in the ball game, right? So well, let me let me pause you for two yeah. seconds. So. We have this with similar families. Mom really wants to do this, mm-hmm. and dad comes grumbling. Or dad wants to do it, and mom comes grumbling because mom has presents to wrap. Mom has a meal to prepare, yes. and you know the kids may be somewhere else. And yeah. or you know I think I think with parents the the number one thing we need to do is put our foot down. Easier said than done. But if we're gonna do that, even maritally, where would you go with that? I mean, I would first have a conversation about your expectations uh, together, aside from the kids, um, not in the presence of kids, so that you guys can make sure you're on the same page. If, if it comes up and the kids are around, I mean, have a conversation about, about that, about those differences. And I think it is okay to be in disagreement over that. And I think it's part of our role in the family to say, hey, we need to pause here. So you would, you're advising, and I think this is actually great advice, is to meet one another's expectations and even plan out. Yeah. And I'm thinking if your kids are older, include the kids in this conversation. Totally. Uh, at least after the fact. Yeah. Hey, Christmas Eve is going to look like this for our family. We are going to go to the mm-hmm. Christmas Eve service. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a surprise here. Mm-hmm. We are going to go this year. And when we get home from the Christmas Eve service, we are going to do mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And by the way, we are going to read scripture. Your father and I would like to do this this one year and yeah. see how this goes. Or, I mean, I don't even want to say yeah. see how this goes because that may be a little diminishing to to canon. Sure. But what do you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if they have questions about why, answer them. You know, don't be a – I mean, I would have if, – if this were a new so if family I'm, if tradition. I, so if I'm a high schooler or an older elementary kid and I say, well, then why? What would you say? I would say this is something your dad and I have talked about. We – can tend to at times throughout the year ignore this part of our life or not value it we have an opportunity right now to slow down and to worship someone that we believe has given us everything has created us and so we're going to take time to do that so again i know at times parents and i i mean my child doesn't totally talk yet but i know that it can feel like if my kid comes back and asks questions, it can feel like you're doing something wrong or you get defensive. And I would say just have an attitude of, I wanna hear what your questions are because mm-hmm. this is different. Yeah. This is maybe something that we haven't done before. So please tell me, ask me questions about why we're doing this. And then, and, and I, would, I would encourage both mom and dad to be present for that conversation, not just mom or dad, but both if possible. So one of the things I've even noticed with my son is we'll read a fun Christmas book. We read the original Rudolph, and we've read Twas the Night Before Christmas, and we've read Curious George, uh, A Very Monkey Christmas, and all that good stuff. And then once we read one of those books, we'll, we'll read scripture. Mm-hmm. And, then, and that's our goal, is to do that every night. Either myself or my wife will do it, or we'll do it both with, with him. He goes to bed a little later than, than my daughter right now. And what I notice with my son almost every time is he is totally in tune with our stories. Mm-hmm. 
And then we switch to scripture, and he's wanting to jump. He's wanting to wrestle. He's wanting to to do something else or be a little silly. And that's tough. That's tough as a four-year-old. But the thing is, is I get it. Oh, totally. I also get it as, as an adult. Yes. Of, okay, now we have to sh- switch gears, and our kids aren't as used to switching gears. Yeah, definitely. So is it that, I guess, where would be the segue? Where do you where do you go in? And in the moment you're switching gears, that you, you've told the kids, mm-hmm. so there's a recognition. They can identify that. Even at very young ages, they can identify that. But now we're going to shift gears and move into this other facet. Where do you go then? I mean, I think you give give them some grace, right? I mean, give them some grace for not jumping onto that right away. Now, it would be pretty good the, to pull out a lump of coal, like, right, right then and there, and be like, look what Santa brought me. Yeah. 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 And then I think, for again, for parents, it can feel, when our kids feel uncomfortable and feel in distress, we feel that way, too, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's natural, and that's, that's there for a reason. At times, I think we have to ignore that. I don't want to say ignore it as in it's not valid, but ignore it as in like, well, of course he's not going to enjoy this. You know, he's four. Like, I get that. But we're not going for the short term here. We're thinking, of, we got to think about the long term. Well said. And that is something I think consistently needs to be in our mind when we talk about, you know, how do we, how do we help our kids become the adults that, that we desire them to be, is we have to have the long game in mind. And so, yeah, it's probably going to be, it may be uncomfortable the entire year for you and Anderson to read through that scripture together. That would not surprise me because he's he's four, right? However, when he's 14 or when he's 24 and he has a foundation of scripture, not just at Christmas, but throughout the entire year, how much that is going to impact his life. The goal is to cover your children with the truth. Yes. And hopefully they will be immersed with it. Yes. And not just that they have some moment of understanding and moment of, of this utopian bliss of saying, yeah. now I, I understand. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process. Exactly. Not a plan. Or, exactly. Nah, that's, I just said that. I'll probably go back and edit that. It's, it's a process, not a moment. Exactly. And, again, when we think about our relationship with the Lord as adults, I mean, that's that's the story of our walks right like we do not arrive at this place where we're super excited to read the bible all the time like we all go through seasons in our walk with the lord where scripture is really difficult um to get into to to want to listen to but when we think about you know those messages or those things that we hear right off off the bat um you know the kind of the tapes in our head, what do we want those tapes for our kids to be? Do we want them to be covered in scripture and in God's truth, or do we want them to be covered by by what culture may tell us or what our you know other other people around us may tell us? And and this is a great season to emphasize that. Um, and in some ways, you know, it's kind of an out for parents if if they haven't maybe been in scripture with their family, this is kind of an, an easy segue to say, hey it's Christmas time, like why do we celebrate Christmas? Let's talk about that. So you can also use that to your advantage. Yeah. If it hasn't been something that, that your family has done and you want it to be, kind of use this season to your advantage in that way. So really my two takeaways, at least for today, are, are one, this has got to be a process. 
Yes, right? 100%. The, the whole thing. And, and worship is, is a process yeah. at Christmas. It's, it's not one moment. It's not just going to the Christmas Eve service. It, it's, it's being okay and is, is this, they so often joked in sports, trust the process. Yeah, exactly. But then parents have to be intentional. Yes. Right? If we're going to do a process, we have to be intentional with our kids, knowing that, that we're going to have a conversation prior, that knowing that we're, we might have a family conversation prior to Christmas Eve so that expectations are laid out, or the fact that we're going to read this book mm-hmm. because of this message. You know what? I may, I may take 30 seconds to Google this book mm-hmm. and to see if there's a blog on it, and, and so I can, I can back that up. Or we're going to watch, you know, watch this particular yeah. movie or however that is. But pr- being in process and being intentional. Yeah, definitely. And I think, and, and this is, I'm going to challenge just a little bit here. No one else is going to do as good of a job teaching your child about Christmas than you are. That is your God-given responsibility, right, to parent your kids and, and to teach your kids. And so even, you know, even being in a Christian school, which is amazing, that message is not going to hit from our teachers. It's not going to hit as home as, as much as it will from your parents. All right, now I'm going to pause you there. I'm going to push back. You have grandparents. You have family totally. di- dynamics that, that come in, and the grandparents may think, oh, well, you know, you're not being as Christian as the way we raised you, and so we want your children to do that. Or you have some family disagreement of you're, you're being too religious, and we don't want you to be that. So I think that is an important message yeah. that we pause on because the parent is no no question the most important entity possible. So so yeah, what would you say to that? Yeah. Going with family coming in town or whatever that might be, would you say, hey, have that family moment prior to family coming in town? Yeah. Because we're we're going to be with family on Christmas Eve, so we probably won't have our nuclear family sitting down together. So do I do that? You know, December twentieth, December twenty first, or some some other time before we leave town, to make sure that my children hear that message. Sure, yes, I would say emphatically yes. And now I will say a caveat: this coming from from someone whose family probably has a little bit different perspective on Christmas. So we do have to emphasize that because it's not going to be emphasized with our family during Christmas, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Yes, I think you. if you are only going to be surrounded by, by your family that may have different beliefs or that may have a different expression of Christmas, take that time as, as a nuclear family to sit down to worship and, and to remember and reflect on why Christ has come. Okay. Because, again, I, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all great. But the role that you have been given as a parent is to teach and instruct your child. And you, you are much weightier. You hold much more weight than anybody else. Even with 14 and 15 and 16 year olds, who feel like you know they, they could care less about you. You still have a voice in your life that nobody else does. And when we, I mean, and, and I think we would both admit, when we look back in, in our childhood, I think mostly about how my parents celebrated, right? Like, yeah, of course, grandparents, aunts, uncles are, are around. Very true. But my, my first thought is, what did my mom and dad do? And again, I want that to feel like a healthy amount of pressure on parents. Um, it's a great opportunity. I mean, we have a, a, such a huge influence 
the biggest influence in our kids' lives. And this is a great opportunity to use that um, in a positive way that points our kids to Christ. So, yes, I would say do make it a priority. Make it a priority. All right. Last question as we wrap up. Best reasonable Christmas present you received as a kid? As a child. So nothing, nothing too, like, you know, well, my family took a trip to Hawaii. Uh, Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, Man, that is a really good question. It's hard for me to remember what Christmas gifts I even got as a child. Um, I mean, one of my longest-lasting Christmas gifts was... I was really into basketball when I was a kid, was a Magic Johnson locker. Whoa, you had some hoop dreams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And my brother and I, I can't remember what basketball player my brother got, but we both got one. And Man, I thought that was the coolest. And it was just a plastic, you know, locker-ish that had his his number on it and and the Magic, you know, jersey or whatever. Um, And I held on to that thing for years. That's awesome. Yeah. So what did Mike say when you moved in with it? <laughs> you know, I don't even know if he knows that that I had that at one. Uh, yeah, I have, I mean, but that's one of my most memorable, um, <laughs> most memorable, but simple gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the past, you know, yeah, as a, as a child. Um, it's hard for me to remember other gifts. What about for you? So... I, I think because I did not ask for this, I wasn't expecting this. Um, I was an only child, am an only child, and my parents got me the play school three-in-one like table, and it's right kids or I don't know six to six to ten something like that, okay. and so it was a pool table that flip you could flip the pool tabletop, oh. and it was an air hockey table. That's cool. And then you had these other two pieces that you could put on top and make it a ping pong table. Oh, man. None of it was regulation size. <laughs> but it was awesome. Yeah, that and is so, a kid's dream. Yeah, and so I put it in my room. It took up like 95% of my floor space. Didn't matter. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And it wasn't like, it wasn't overly well built or anything like that. But it was, I just remember getting it and not expecting it and seeing it and going, all right. And I have a feeling, knowing my parents' personality, they probably played a lot of air hockey or <laughs> pool that night. <laughs> that I got it. Yeah, it's like just as much as the gift for them than it was for Right, them. because I remember they set it up. It wasn't from Santa or anything like that, and so they had already set it up. Yeah. And I, knowing my parents, like, they probably couldn't wait to play um, even even uh, the small games. Yeah, so yeah it was pretty fun. That's awesome. All right, that's well, awesome. Um, Kirk Day School, that's all we have today, but hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. We're grateful for you guys and and hope that you guys will be able to take some of this and enjoy it but most of all merry christmas and we see see you guys in the new year